Today on my Limitless podcast, we're fearlessly facing 50 with author and podcast host, Amy Schmidt. Amy's voice and advice allows people to move the needle on their life journey and make positive changes in their relationships, especially in midlife. It's time to cannonball, as her book suggests, into this episode. Well, I have to tell my listeners and viewers how I found you is your book, Cannonball. Um, someone recommended it and they said, you don't want to just dive into life or put your toe in the water. You want to jump in and make a big splash like a cannonball. And all of a sudden, boom, your book popped up on Amazon. So tell me what inspired you to write the book Cannonball and just jump in there in a big way. Oh, isn't that, isn't that awesome? Just the yeah. visual itself, Cannonball. You know, I am a big believer in starting ugly. You have to start ugly, right? We got to just toss this whole comfort thing aside and start ugly. And and so I started thinking about title of books. And I thought about when I was turning 50, I was in Negril, Jamaica, and I was going to Cannonball off this cliff. I'm, I'm <laughs> deathly afraid of heights. I'm with a bunch of friends. I actually had on, Julia, this is a true story. I had on, uh, for the cover of my book, actually, my prescription, like, Ray-Ban sunglasses right, that were by right. And I remember my friend saying, Amy, don't go, you know, and I jumped off and they were fine. But I cannonballed. And I think that it's it's just such a poignant visual for women, mm. especially, to think, you know what? We have to just start ugly. It's going to be uncomfortable, but we can do it. That That fearless exhilaration is still there. It's just a little different as we get older. And had you ever like written a book? I mean, how do you just, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I mean, I'm so impressed that you could just think, (laughs) okay, I love the title Cannonball. Now I'm going to write a book. How does that process work? Yeah, well, I was a journalist, and so I always was a writer, and I right. always have been a storyteller. So I think there has always been that correlation. And it's funny, Julie, because we share a friend, Lori Gellman, yes. and she's also an author, you know, and, and we talked about this, the fact that, you know, I, I'd always been writing. And when I took on this role of traveling spouse, when Tim's trajectory was moving us every two, three years, I was always writing and creating things for different, you know, freelancing. But I'd never written a book. But the book was always there. And, you know, for your listeners today, I I think there's almost a book in everyone. Now, it doesn't have to be a book that you publish, but I feel that there is a therapeutic element to really putting pen to paper or fingers to a keyboard and and just expressing their stories because that's what it is. And that that was it for me. I had lost both of my parents when we were living abroad. Mm. Um, I didn't make it back in time to say goodbye to either one. Um, It was a very challenging time. and, And I had lived a journey that mirrored in a lot of ways other women and the challenges that we face and the obstacles that we overcome and the transitions and and reinventions that we do and so i thought instead of you know continuing just to to talk about it with my peers i'm going to put it out there i'm going to share my story and my vulnerabilities with some tips and tricks that i think have helped me along the way and hopefully that would would help them as well so the book was always there it just, um, my aha moment was actually when I was sitting uh, in the hospital room after my dad had passed and, and I had uh, my first ever really panic attack. And it right. was just from from flying over across the pond to not make it there in time to being surrounded by all of my siblings with their spouses. And my spouse wasn't there because he had to stay in Germany with our kids. They were young. Um, and I just had that moment um, of panic really that came over me. And I remember my brother coming outside the hospital room with me, just putting his arms around me. And he said, you know, dad knew you were here for one thing, 
But most importantly, mm. Amy, you have so many stories in you to share. Dad's always wanted you to do that, so do it. And that really was the reason I I wrote the book that I wrote. It was it was a long time in the making, to be honest. But um, I committed to writing it and put it out there, and it, it was a whole lot of a whole lot of fun um, and a whole lot of work. A lot of work. You know, if you could just just very quickly give us maybe your top five I love the chapters in the book but maybe your top five takeaways if someone wanted to read the book what are five reasons or five chapters that you would want to read the book yeah thank you for asking that that's a great question I've never been asked that um you're so good with questions Julie (laughs) you know I I think that and it's an it's it's a good read for this time of year, um, especially summer, because I think you know we're transitioning a little bit. Our cadence may be slowing a little bit for the summer, and we have a little more time. Um, I encourage women to read this book if they're at a point in their life where they want to move the needle a little bit. Now, whether that looks like moving it around um, a new a new career opportunity, or whether it's uh, maybe around a new relationship, or a relationship that's been sidebarred for a bit, and now we have a little bit more time maybe to rekindle that. Or maybe somebody who's listening that's thinking, oh, I just need to move my body. I want to get out there and walk around my cul-de-sac and meet one of my neighbors I've never met. That's why I want you to read this book. Because I think that there's there's simple wisdom in there that will encourage you to, like you've said before, and I've heard you say it many times, push play instead of pause. Yes, push play. So, yeah, I think that's why. I think anybody should read it. It's an easy read, but it's also a real self-reflective read. So I encourage you to take the time to to, to buy it as a gift to yourself and then share it with someone else and um, compare notes because so many times as women we have so many common threads that when we bring them together it's this wonderful masterpiece, this quilt's created. And I think it would be a great book for a book club because I yeah. think if you got a group of women together that read it together, I mean, their ideas and the collaboration would be so amazing. And like you say, I mean, it's about pushing play in right. midlife and not pushing pause. And let me ask you this question. A lot of women don't push play because they think, oh, I'll never be employable. I'm too old. <laughs> but what I've found is that a lot of employers want to hire someone with experience, even child-raising experience, work experience, maybe even more than that college grad. So Mm. I think women in midlife are very employable. Would you agree? Yes. Oh, I love it. I love that you said that. I think so too. And and you know, the the common denominator around that is, is what you said. We often push pause. Um, you know, we don't check all the boxes. How many times as women do we think we have to check every single box of that job requirement to apply for that job? And, and, and this is by no means anything against men. Uh, men are fabulous, but, uh, and I'm married to a fabulous man, but Me too. You know, he, would, he would feel like if he only checked four of the five boxes, heck, I'm still going to throw my resume out there and try. Yeah. And, and that's nothing against men. They just have that, that, that confidence that women really lack. We undervalue ourselves and think we have to check everything. But you're so right around experience because, you know, I have this theory around creating a highlight reel and not what we're seeing on Instagram and social media, the highlights, the best ofs. But our highlight reel of experiences we've, we've accomplished as wives, as wives and moms and sisters and daughters and friends. And those experiences translate into these incredible things that we value that we can bring to the table and uh, be seated right at the table. So we just have to stop undervaluing ourselves or stop checking all those boxes. We don't need to. 
You know, there's a statistic out there that if you looked on LinkedIn, men list 11 more um, bylines, job experiences, or tasks than women. They list 11, 11 more than That's women. That's incredible. I did not and know that. That is just to me, it, they will, a man will just think, well, this, this could be pertinent, you know, even if it was a small task where we right. as women sometimes dismiss it like, oh, well, I just got lucky, you know, or that just came my way or that, you know, my sister plopped that in my lap or, you know, I, I cared for an aging parent that won't really matter. But men list 11 more items on LinkedIn than women. I think that's, that's just, um, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> Oof, it's terrible. I agree. Mind blowing. Wow. Interesting fact. Thanks for sharing that. Now let's go to the transition between the book and the podcast, which I love fearlessly facing 50. Where mm. did that transition come and how did that come about? Mm, thanks. You know, that's another great question. And now it's, I, I'm well into my 50s. So everybody's like, Amy, you're switching it to like 60s? Or what are you going to do with that? I'm sticking with 50 because 50 yeah. is a real poignant number for women. Um, the podcast, you know, came about really because I was sitting alone in, in, in my house. We'd moved back from Germany. And uh, one was off to college. One's in high school. One's in middle school. And my husband travels two to three nights a week. That's just our regular thing for 30, 30 years. Um, and I'm sitting there alone and I'm thinking, wow, this is crazy. Like the house is quiet and I have time and boy, I have a whole lot more I want to do. I want to learn. I want to explore. I want to create. I want to do all these things. So I had read about podcasts, but in 2019, they were there. I think there even were a million podcasts back then, to be honest, but I was more of a books on tape girl. Um, I wasn't quite sure what it was, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to explore this a little bit because it's very interesting and I think I can learn it. And I knew I'd have the the conversation part, the journalist part, the storytelling part of it. The tech I was a little worried about. So I put an ad in a Facebook group, local Facebook group in Connecticut, and had an overwhelming response from these, these young kids that could be my kids. And I just randomly picked one, and he came over, and he said, Mrs. Schmidt, how are you? And I said, all right, let's just stop there. Just call me Amy and, and walk me through how to do a podcast. And he really taught me soup to nuts how to wow. do it. And between that and, you know, and, and I used to do things on GarageBand and I would edit my own and I would produce my own and I would do everything. And it was, it's empowering because, you know, we can figure those things out. You can learn a whole lot, um, even like fixing a dishwasher, which I recently did yeah. from YouTube. You yeah. can do these crazy things at you your, at your hand, uh, you know, your device. So, uh, so I started a podcast and I just decided to go for it. I thought, you know, I think at this age too, Julie, we're kind of like, it's not care is too strong of a word because we care, certainly. But there is an element of, eh, I'm going to do it. And if it works out, I'm going to be really proud of myself. But if it doesn't, I'll, I'll figure something else out. I didn't know exactly how it was going to go. I really didn't. And uh, I remember recording my first one, which was, you know, like an introduction to the podcast. And But wait, there's a funny talk. story. I think you told me that you forgot to push record on your first, your first podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I was going through my step by step. I had it like on a little a little notepad right in front of me. These things that John, this young right. guy that came over that taught me. <laughs> step four was, you know, drag the audio file into GarageBand and poof, it should just appear. Well, I forgot to push record. <laughs> and 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 it's true. And and I share it so often because I want people to realize that life is full of mistakes, you know, and, and, and there's so many things that I could have done right then and said, oh, screw it. Like, this isn't going to work out. I can't remember if my glasses are on my head. I'm looking for my iPhone with my flashlight on my phone. You know, what, how am I going to do this? But I decided 
you know what, I'm gonna try again. And I figured it out and figured out the whole audio file thing. But but that's just part of learning. It's part of, of failing and failing with confidence actually because you just gotta, you learn from it and you keep going. So yeah, that's a true story. You know, my grandfather used to always say, even when I was little, never be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes Wise. only in failing do we really learn and do we really grow. Yeah, um, I agree. So 100%. I like that your podcast, you're fearlessly facing yeah. a new chapter in life. And what do yeah. you what do you think about the word fearless? Boy, I think fearless has a whole lot of different meanings to be to be true. Um, you know, fearless is. It's different for everybody. Um, you know, you think of being fearless, uh, conquering something like jumping off that cliff in Negril. I was scared to death to go to the top of it and conquering a height fear. But fearlessness, too, around just where you are in your life and looking at how you're aging and just being present with all of the moments in your life. And, um, you know, not just moving through the world and not stopping to really reflect on those moments of brilliance those small moments of greatness that we experience, those little nuances every day that, that we take for granted so often when we're younger. And then as we get older, it's like, wow, we really just have to be present and, and just time with our family and our loved ones and, and those that you know, really deposit into our tank. So fearlessness takes on a whole bunch of different meanings, I think, as we get older. I agree. And one thing that um, you and I talked about is we're both, I'm not using the word empty nester. I'm using the word free bird because both both of my daughters are out of the house. And this is just, this is an amazing time. I got a text from my husband the other day, like this is going to be the best time of our life. And I think sometimes women get to a certain age and they think, oh, it's all downhill from here. And I think that's where we want to change the narrative and say, no, this is a, a restart. This is like, this can be absolutely the best time of your life. Would you agree? Oh, I agree. And I love that Rob sent you that in a text or whatever. You need to screenshot that because yeah. that's so true. It is the best time. And, and we have time. We have time. I do think that it comes with challenges. I have to be honest. It, you know, our youngest one's same age. So going off to college and it was a little strange at first. And I, I will be completely transparent on this. It has not come without challenge because, you know, you're together a whole lot. Yeah. You know, there's, I mean, you still have the college sports, um, which is great because you still have those weekend type activities. Right. I can watch Michaela play volleyball all fall, but you know, and that gives us something to be excited about. But when you send one away and then all of a sudden it's just you and your husband rattling around the house, it does feel a little different. Yeah, it it has come with a little bit of challenge around that, but we've both kind of set goals around what we want to do at this point in our life too. Uh, you know, something he loves to do is golf, and and I like to golf. I've never loved to golf, right. but why not tag along and try this lifetime sport? You know, I can kick it around for well, not kick it around. I guess hit it around for seven holes, and I'm great. And then I want a glass of wine. But you know, I'm like a seven hole golfer. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do that with him because I know he's passionate about it and he enjoys it. And it it's really opening the dialogue on those things too because. For so many times, we've moved kind of in separate orbits. You know, you're 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 kind of doing your things, and it's revolving a lot around the kids and and this and that. And all of a sudden, so we've had many a discussion about you know what the next ten, twenty years are really going to look like together. Our travel goals, um, our career goals, what we want to do, and and I think that's important to have because, as you know, you know, doing this podcast and and learning from guests and and doing research for guests, um, great is great divorce, silver divorce is is a real thing. 
Yeah. And um, it, it, it is true. It's out there a lot of times. Couples stay together because of the kids, and then all of a sudden they have this gift of time, and they they just can't come together anymore. So or they don't, or uh, they don't take advantage of it. They don't. Ha- they don't know how to. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I would agree with you. I think it's it's the best time. I really do. I think you can really explore um, things you've wanted to do that you haven't had time to do. You can be a little self centered around things. Yeah. Um, you can say no to things. You can say yes to things. Um, it's a real, it's it's a real interesting time of life, and uh, I don't know. We're embracing it, and we really are enjoying it. We really are. You know, um, I had someone on the podcast the other day that talked about reconnecting with your spouse once the kids are gone, and for some people, that's very scary. You know, to mm-hmm. actually think, oh my gosh, I've got to reconnect. You know, but in some ways you really can't escape the fact that you do have to reconnect because so much has been centered around the kids. And now you've got to take that leap of faith. Like you say, what do we want travel wise? What do we want the next 10 years to look like? And to be actually able to sit with your spouse or have a glass of wine with your spouse or talk to your spouse about that can be scary for some women. It is. I think it is really scary because those are real vulnerable conversations. And, uh, you know, we're going through a phase. I hadn't mentioned I lost both of my parents, but my husband still has both of his parents in their 80s. They're vibrant and they're fabulous, but they certainly are aging. And these are conversations now that we're beginning to have. Um, a whole new dialogue around that, you know, caring for aging parents. Um, it's funny, Julie, I think you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, Julie knows that I have one kid that uh, grown and flown that lives in Atlanta. And uh, on our list in 2023 to 2024 is have dinner with you and Rob. It's on our list. Yay! Oh, that would be list. so fun. We'll go to Bones or something cool. And, uh, but those are the things, the conversations that we're having, you know, and, and, really digging into goals and, and friendships that you, that may have evolved over time, new friendships you want to bloom, you know, make some goals around that. And those are great. Those are fun conversations. They are. And, you know, just like next week I have, I lived in Santa Monica for 22 years. And when we were raising kids here in Atlanta and until they left, um, we've been here for 10 years and my girlfriends in Santa Monica just called, you know, a few weeks ago and said, look, uh, you know, we know you're doing this stuff for Sinclair Media. We know you've got your podcast, but you're coming out, out here after Labor Day, I mean, Memorial Day, and yeah. we are doing a party one night. We're all going to go dancing one night. We're going to do a spa day. And these are like eight of my best friends. And they're like, they're not letting me just skid by. They're like, look, right. you've got the time to do it. What What's your reason for not doing it? And so I booked my ticket. I'm going the day after Memorial Day. And the girl, I said, girls, I'll be back in a week, you know, but my girlfriends are saying, okay, you're a free bird now. You're calling yourself a free bird. Let's see if you really mean it. You know, we're all going to get together and we all are joining in and we're just going to have a girls four or five days. And I'm so excited about to be able to do that. Being intentional about it. I, I love it. I think that's fabulous. And that's what we should be doing. Not putting it off, doing it. You know what? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because we can push it, you know, we say, oh, well, you know, actually, you know, August might be better or whatever. And they were like, no, 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 no. We want within the next four weeks, you pick four days or four nights. And, you know, like the first night I'm spending with one 
Second night I'm spinning with another. Then we're having a party for eight. Then the third and fourth night I'm spending with an, uh, another. So I'm moving suitcases a lot, but um, everybody's like, we're not going to just share you. I mean, you got to come and, you know, have quality time with each of us. And so, um, and then that one night when all of us are together, we'll just have fun. But, you know, if you just put, put it off, that's not fearlessly facing 50. That's not cannonballing. That's not limitless. You know, I'm boldly tackle your next chapter. That's like intentional planning, which I think women tend to kind of put off and we don't need to, we don't need to dip our toe in the water. We need to cannonball. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's going to be a great time. Good for you. Yeah. So that's exciting. So you've had so many great guests on your podcast. Um, just give me some takeaways, some tips that really have meant something to you. Mm. You know, I bet you'll share this too, the, you know, as you do more and more podcasts, every time I get off an interview with someone, my heart is so full because I've learned something. Um, and I applaud every guest I've had on because, you know, whether they've been a celebrity, whether they have been an author, an expert, um, one of my most favorite guests, and it was, you know, probably like episode six or seven in when I launched, um, it was a friend of a friend who's son had experienced a stroke and has something called locked-in syndrome. And um, she shared her story. And it, it, it did win several awards just because uh, it was such an inspirational story from a person who's experiencing something that was one so unexpected, but just how she's dealt with it and how she has been able to overcome, you know, having a son who is paralyzed and doesn't wow. speak. And uh, those are the moments for me during the podcast that I just, uh, I just sit there and I'm, I'm awestruck by the, the awesomeness of, of women that have done these amazing things. Um, as a result of that podcast, you know, she has since gone on and not just as a result of the podcast, but she's gone on and written a book um, with her son. And, uh, but she had so many reach outs after the podcast dropped from women and men all over the world that said, oh my gosh, I know someone who has locked-in syndrome. I know someone down the street who's caring for their son, and I didn't know what right. to do. And your voice and your knowledge and your expertise gave me some insight to, to help them. So, you know, those are the stories that I just sit back, and that's why I love what I do. And as you know, putting a podcast on week after week, episode after, is, is a lot of work. It's, yeah. it's challenging. Um, finding sponsors, uh, finding the guests, you know, getting the guests prepped and then all of the work to, to put it out into the world. So it's, it doesn't come without work, but I'll tell you, it comes with a whole lot of reward. And for me, the reward is just these stories that are shared. It's true. It's every time I've had someone on, I, I finish, we say goodbye and I have learned so much and usually one really, really poignant lesson. And I'll never forget I had Angie Harmon on people mm. will remember her from law and order or sure. that show Rizzoli and Isles and she almost like had a breakdown on the podcast because she said Julie I woke up one day and I had three daughters and I had just been working my whole life like 60 hours a week law and order then I went right to Rizzoli and Isles and then my husband and I decided to move to North Carolina and the show really didn't um, allow me to move. So I would fly in once a month 
to see the girls. And eventually it broke her. She couldn't do it. And uh, she left the show and um, she moved to North Carolina. And now she's living in North Carolina, living her best life, you know, doing guest appearances here or there or, or television work here or there. But she realized she was missing a whole chapter of her life by working too hard. And that one just really hit me um, that someone could give up, you know, what people would say, oh my gosh, your dream job, you're a movie star, you're a TV star. But to realize, oh my gosh, yes, I am, but I'm missing raising three girls. And now she's in Charlotte. She's got this beautiful home. She's, um, you know, they're about to all graduate high school. I guarantee you she'll go back to work. She still looks like a million bucks. But, oh, you know, yeah. taking the time away to raise her girls was a be beautiful decision. And I just yeah. remember thinking um, that when I left Entertainment Tonight, I felt exactly the same way. I felt like I was missing half my life, you know, and that I could, I could leave and come back. A lot of people said, no, you'll never be able to leave and come back, but it's possible. And that's why I love, you know, Cannonball. That's why I love Fearlessly Facing 50 is that we are able to pause, but then we are able to push play again. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. I do. I agree a hundred percent. One of the questions I ask on every episode, and I'm like 200 in, um, is I always ask the guests, if you were sitting on the couch with your 30-year-old self, what advice would you give them? And uh, that's been such an interesting question to ask the guests because so many of them will say, oh, I, I would love myself more. I, I wouldn't judge myself so much. I would have taken the opportunity to try something new. Um, I had Joan London on, and I'm sure you know Joan as Love well. Joan, and, yeah. um, you know, she's, she's such a, a fabulous, fabulous human. But she said, you know, she kind of went through life thinking, gosh, I, I feel like the rug's just going to be pulled from underneath me. And then what am I going to do? You know, and, and she said, uh, it just is so interesting. And, and when you have these types of conversations and we have a host like yourself who is authentic and genuine and you can pull that out of the guest and they're comfortable enough to share it, it's just, it's, it's goosebump moments for, for the listeners, for the host, for the guest, for everybody. So it really is. It's, it's such a gift, I think, to be doing what we're doing. Well, I'll tell you one thing. We are having dinner in Atlanta when you come yes. to see your son. We're, we're not going to push that off. We're going to intentionally put that on the calendar. Yes. And um, I just want to encourage my listeners to, if you haven't read Cannonball, please get that book. A former book club do that with other girlfriends and then your podcast is always great fearlessly facing 50 amy it's always a pleasure to talk to oh, you I love, I love the way you're living your life i'm trying to cannonball just like you and oh, you you're are, such girl. an inspiration you and yeah. just such a love to talk to and just keep doing what you're doing and i can't wait to have dinner with you in atlanta i know i know and i'm loving the the brackish earrings you have on today. They're amazing. <laughs> I noticed them. I should have worn mine. I went big for you. Go big or go home, right? Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I'm so proud of you, Julie. Thanks for having me. Let's put that date on the calendar. We won't tell everybody so um, we can have a little privacy here in Atlanta. But um, right. I look forward to seeing you. Thanks for doing what you're doing and keep on keeping on. You're welcome. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining me on Limitless Boldly Tackle Your Next Chapter. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know when new episodes drop. 
You can also keep up with me on Instagram at It's Me Julie Moran. Stay bold, everybody. Stay bold, everybody.